Is pursuing Coast Fi a smart money move for families? Are you trying to figure out the best personal finance book for you? We'll dive into these questions and more in this listener mailbag episode. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. We're wrapping up this season of the podcast by focusing on one of my favorite parts of Simplify and Enjoy, our community. While I'm happy to share our journey as a family, the lessons that we learn, things that we're trying out, projects that we're saving up for, it's fun and inspiring to hear your stories, ideas, and get your questions. Usually, I come away with something to explore, and I hope you do too when you listen to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to get into some questions that are in the community, including which personal finance books to read, whether or not Coast Fi is a good goal to pursue, and which numbers should you track. We have so much to cover, so let's get started. What books do you recommend if a family wants to improve their finances? This question comes up frequently, and I totally understand. We're all trying to do better, learn more. I know I enjoy podcasts, but I also enjoy reading as well. One of the things I love and appreciate about books is how accessible they are and affordable for many families. So I enjoy sharing a few of my favorite books that I think could help you hit your family and financial goals. If you haven't already, please listen to my chat with former librarian and now financial educator Kate Moody earlier this year about finding the best personal finance book for you. We did a deep dive into how she evaluates books, which was eye-opening for me, but I do want to share a few of the key highlights here. One big takeaway I picked up from Kate was when she told me, the right book for you is the book that will meet you where you are right now. I think that's something to keep in mind because honestly, there are many really good personal finance books out there. There's no shortage of options. However, what's popular or what your friend absolutely loves might not be the best option for you. A good fit with a book is really a combination of finding high quality advice from an author whose expertise and style speaks to you. You also want a book that meets you where you are with your financial journey. Some questions to consider is, what is your immediate goal with your finances? Are you just starting out? Are you looking to pay down debt? Trying to save more with your budget? Invest? Considering early retirement? Where you are now can give you a clear idea of what books to start looking into. Then of course, that's your immediate goal, but what's the big goal beyond the finances? If your money was in a good spot, What are some things you like to achieve? Because you want to get a financial book that will help set things up for designing a lifestyle that you love. What books do you currently enjoy the best? 
it's personal finance. So at some point, we're going to talk about the numbers. We're going to talk about budgets. You need to find something that's at your comfort level when it comes to finances. Do you want someone that gives a ton of real life examples, makes it very conversational? Or do you love just plugging in the numbers, understanding the technical principles behind it? As you can see, we're already at each question, if not eliminating books, putting some books to the side because you don't have to read everything at once. We're just trying to find at this point, what are the best books for you? Another thing that Kate mentioned on that episode was that there are three types of credentials, or you could say expertise, that you might want to look into. There's the academic, the professional, and personal experience. I would recommend grabbing two to three books that have a mix of those different expertise types because you do want to have the technical steps that will help you draft your plan, but you're also going to need the motivation and encouragement, especially if you're trying to tackle a big financial goal. Whatever books you choose, please keep in mind that personal finance is that. It's personal. So while you may enjoy most of the book, don't be surprised if not everything in those books apply to you. Take what you need and then craft the plan that fits you. Now, before we wrap up this question, of course, I want to highlight a few of my favorites. Like I mentioned, I can't give you the whole library, but I'm going to mention two to three books for each type of goal or financial issue that you're trying to tackle. The first one is, if you're just getting started, I would recommend looking at Get Good With Money by Tiffany Aliche, Stacked by Joe Saul Sihai and Emily Guy Birkin, or I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sadie. If you're dealing specifically with family and finances, either you're married and you're trying to get the two of you on the same page, I would first recommend my book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, because I specifically designed it so that couples can work together on their marriage and their finances. I give you conversation starters, ideas that have worked for us and other couples that have had on the podcast. And then the other recommendation is Her Money Matters by Jen Hempel. It's a great book about the psychology of money and how to make it less stressful talking about it. If you are trying to make every dollar of yours go further, I would recommend Meal Planning on a Budget by Jen Smith or The Thousand Dollar Challenge by Brian J. O'Connor. They're both great books on easy ways that you can have some big wins with your money. For paying off debt, which is a big goal for many families, I have three options for you. There's The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, The Great Debt Dump by Tony Husbands, and Getting Good With Money by Jesse Farron. And I felt like all three of these books are a great combination of motivating you and showing you step-by-step how to get out of debt. And with Tony, she was approaching it of building your community around that so you're encouraging one another. And Jessie had some personal stories how she and her husband came together with tackling their finances while raising their kids. For investing, I would recommend either checking out Broke Millennial Takes on Investing by Aaron Lowry 
or Investing Made Simple by Mike Piper. Investing is a foundational step with your finances once you've taken care of the unnecessary debt, but it can seem very complicated because a lot of so-called advisors are more interested in making money off of you than giving you good advice. So these books cut through the noise and makes it easier to understand and get started. Finally, with retirement, two books I want to recommend are Rock Your Retirement by Roger Whitney or Choose Your Retirement by Emily Guy Birkin. Again, I was looking for books that give you the technical know-how, but also feels like you're talking with a friend that just knows a lot about finances. So there you have it. These are some books to get started with, to explore, and take what you need from them to build your own game plan. Finally, I do want to mention a fantastic way you can support your favorite authors is not just buying the book, but requesting it for your local library. When the library makes a purchase of a book, it does help the author, but more importantly, it helps the community. I hope this helps get you started with finding the best book for your family. Do you think Coast Financial Independence is a good goal for a family with young kids? I think this is an interesting question. First off, if you're not familiar with the term, Coast Fi is when you've invested enough in your 401k, IRAs, and other accounts to have a retirement at the traditional age. So saving more is now optional. You can decide, do we want to go all in and speed up the date and become early retirees? Or do we want to look for more quality of life choices? I see achieving Coast Fi as a huge milestone but I don't think it's the end goal you want to focus on. If you listen to even a few podcast episodes, you've probably heard me say some variation of money is not the goal, it's the tool. And I really believe that. When I look at stories that are typically highlighted about financial independence or freedom, a lot of it seems reactionary. People want to get out of a job they hate or switch careers. And so they look into financial independence, they figure out their numbers, and they go all in, almost to the point of and including burnout. I think that really misses some of the big benefits with financial freedom or pursuing financial independence, because it really does open up quality of life options as you're going through this journey, as you're paying off unnecessary debts. A lot of families immediately start feeling a relief because a chunk of their money that was going for interest payments on credit cards and other debts can now be used for goals that they are excited about. It's not an on-off switch where as soon as you achieve your FI number or as soon as you saved up enough money, things are going to completely change. Instead, you want to think of it in stages. And as you make progress, sit down, have these conversations. Now that we've freed up money, paying off debts, what are some goals you like to pursue? I do think it is valuable to track your numbers. And I think it's much easier to have that on a spreadsheet. But I think it's more important 
especially if you're looking for something sustainable with your family, to find out what you want to do. Make that your particular goal. And initially, it's going to seem vague for a lot of people. They're so used to the way they've been living with work, they've accepted it, that they can't imagine doing something else necessarily. They just want to quit. This is where having regular conversations as parents can give you more clarity and can help you stay motivated with your goals. Discuss things like who are the people you want to spend more time with? If you don't have to work so many hours, what are some family trips you want to do? What are some projects you would like to pursue, whether that is for money, maybe a new career, or a hobby that brings you a lot of joy? Do you want to travel more, do volunteer work, or eventually get to the point where you work seasonally? There are so many different options out there. So I think it is a balance of looking at your goals and looking at your numbers. COSFI is a great milestone on that path forward, but I don't think it should be your end goal. Instead, use that as a marker or milestone for your family's financial journey. If you only could track one or two numbers, which ones would you go with and why? Glad we covered the last one because we get to focus a little more attention on the numbers now. Going back to that idea of a financial journey, the numbers you track will shift a bit. When we talk about improving your finances, there are three stages. The first one is making sure you have financial stability. You want to make sure that you can cover the bills and write out a financial emergency. The second stage is a little more about financial agency. You're gaining some margin in your life with your finances. You can start negotiating with your career because you do have that foundation laid out. Then the last phase is this idea of financial freedom, where you have enough money saved up for Coast Fi, or you have enough money saved up where work itself is optional. As you're going through these phases, there are different numbers that you can look for. Now, with the first phase, the financial stability, many times families are tracking the unnecessary debt that they have. They're trying to take care of high interest debts like credit cards. And so that is an important number to track. Maybe they're at the next stage. They've taken care of the worst of the debts. They want to make sure they have some emergency savings, perhaps even build their financial cushion. And so that number is going to be what you're focusing in on. As you move forward, you can do this one of two ways. Some people track their monthly amounts and how much they're putting in for investments. A lot of people in the financial independence space track their savings rate because it helps them calculate about how long it'll take for them to retire early. But there is a particular number I think everyone should track consistently, no matter where you are in your financial journey. And that's your net worth. This is simply taking all your assets that you have and subtracting your liabilities. It can give you a clear financial snapshot of where you stand. This is important even if you're at the beginning of your journey. In fact, when I started blogging and writing about our journey, 
we were in the negative with our net worth because of the debts we were carrying. I personally found it motivating to see the progress we were making, and that was because we did it month to month. It gave us a big picture view of the direction we were heading. Many times, especially if you're starting off with a lot of debt, you can see the setbacks so much easier. But if you have something objective, if you have something concrete that you're tracking, in this case, your net worth, you can see that you are making progress. Sometimes we have a setback for one month and we forget the progress we made the previous six. So if you had to only track one or two numbers, I would suggest tracking your net worth and then also tracking what immediate goal you're pursuing. It is a balance of looking at the big picture and then what are you working on this year or in the near future. I hope that helps you stay on top of your money much easier and enjoy the journey. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. While I usually use this segment to wrap things up, I want to switch and discuss looking ahead. We've had an incredible season and I've really enjoyed a lot of the topics that we looked into. I hope it helps you achieve your family and financial goals. Already, I'm starting to plan the next season and I want to let you know it's going to look a little bit different. We're still going to have family finances as our backbone, so to speak, but I'd like to get into what I've mentioned before that money is simply a tool. I want to look at things that you can do differently with getting your finances in a good spot to improve quality of life. As I was researching for a particular episode, I came across a quote from Cal Newport that I think captures what I want to cover next season. Do less, do better, know why. The podcast is called Simplifying, and that is so important, especially with parents, with young kids, making sure that you're not taking on too much and you're stressing yourself out unnecessarily. Instead, making sure you're enjoying this time that you have with your kids, making sure that you have meaningful work that you enjoy as well, and hobbies that you like to pursue. The episodes that we're going to go over will have that thread of family finances, but we're going to branch out and start exploring how can we improve our quality of life as a family. And here's where I would love to get your feedback and takes. I have on the site in the sidebar a way you could send in your questions, stories, and ideas. What goals do you want to pursue next year and beyond? What struggles are you having with getting to that goal? 
I want to make sure that the podcast is as helpful as possible. So please send those in. Also, if you want to stay up to date and perhaps even email me your stories and questions, you can always join the newsletter. You'll get the latest episodes, articles, and helpful resources sent straight to you each week. So if you want to have a say in next season's topics and episodes, please join the community. It's free. Just go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash listen. We'd love for you to be a part of the community. I hope you enjoyed this episode and use some of these tips to review and reflect on this year. As always, I'll include links to the resources we've mentioned in this episode, plus more over at simplifyandenjoy.com. There's still time to progress on your goals this year, but please also rest and recharge. Something I've found helpful is using this month or so to brainstorm, prepare, and set up things. As you look ahead and discuss what you'd like to accomplish as a family, see if there are one or two projects or things that you can do to make it easier to achieve those goals. If you are looking into fitness, you can spend a weekend getting a corner of your room set up for workouts for when the weather just doesn't cooperate or you have low energy to get out of the house. You could also start meal planning so you can begin stocking up on healthier snacks and meals. Looking to seriously knock out some debt, save for a specific goal, or invest more? Go ahead and pick up one or two of those books I recommended and start drafting your game plan. Automate your bill pay. These are all significant moves you can make that don't take a tremendous amount of energy. Speaking of planning for the next year, on December 16th, newsletter subscribers are going to get a preview of the new season first. You'll get a link to that podcast episode. It's another reason to join. I would love to get your feedback because I'm always looking to make the podcast the best it can be, the most helpful, entertaining, and hopefully inspiring show. So if you catch that episode, please send in your feedback. I'd love to improve it before the next season officially starts in January. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. This has been an incredible year and we've seen some tremendous growth. I appreciate you sharing your ideas and questions with me. And thank you for also sharing your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the year. Take care.